0: Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe, you're listening to Shark Byte Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. To learn how to grow a business during chaotic times. I have a great, great, great interview slotted for today. Everybody loves laser tag. Come on, who doesn't like laser tag? Even, I remember going out to Disneyland. Well, you know, we lived about 30, 40 minutes from Disneyland out in LA. And my kids and me, we would love to do the Toy Story laser tag out there. It was always so fun to do. But what if you actually had a laser tag business during a global pandemic, kind of problematic, don't you think? Today's story is actually inspiring and motivating. This business is currently not operating underneath its fullest potential, but it is operating and they're actually needing the minimum bark that they need to survive. What I love so much during this story is that we have an owner that when times got tough, He didn't curl up into a ball, throw his hands up in the air and say, oh, well, shucks, nothing I can do. No, this dude got down and dirty. He started doing all the gritty work with his employees. Leadership runs from the top down. And when you have an owner that during tough times like this, that is willing to do the hard stuff with the employees to show them all that, hey, look. We're in this together. That goes a long way for survival. His team members are working hard to make sure the business survives. Guests have that one-of-a-kind experience. And most importantly, that everybody stays healthy during the pandemic. Not just himself, not just his employees, but the guests too. Health, cleanliness, All of that cleanliness is extremely important when you're doing something like laser tag. But the cool part is, and you'll hear in the story, a lot of this stuff, like the cleaning and stuff like that that they're doing, is now actually going to be standing operating procedure going forward even after the pandemic because it turns out, hey... This is actually good stuff. We should have been doing this, and we're going to keep doing this as we go forward. So we're going to hear about this and all the other maneuvers the company did to stay alive during COVID. So who's our guest? Victor Pellegrini, owner of Bullseye Laser Tag, a tactical laser tag business in New Jersey that specializes in a video game in real life experience. They offer some of the most realistic gear real-time scoring, and lifelong stat tracking. Their fields range from small outdoor to the largest indoor field in the Northeast. They have grown from 10 guns to nearly 100 and do mobile, indoor, and outdoor laser tag. So let's bring Vic on in here. Business strategy. Vic, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. So glad to have you here, man. Thank you for having oh, me. Oh, no problem, no problem. So obviously we've been chatting a little bit offline, some email, stuff like that. I know who you are, but all of our listeners and our viewers out there probably have no idea who you are. What's your experience, what's your background, and what do you do for a living?
1: Sure, so my name's Vic Pellegrini, uh, located out in New Jersey. And uh, four years ago, I had the crazy idea to start a laser tag company but a little more video game in real life not so much uh space themed like i'm sure we've all played Uh when we were kids um with zero business background uh (laughs) my wife and i kind of just jumped into it and i bought 10 guns i found a little spot on a farm and uh we started what has been a wild journey in uh business but in laser tag wow um it's
0: pretty amazing
1: and current yeah, we currently own the largest indoor field in the Northeast. I probably have a hundred plus guns, um, and we've created a really one of a kind experience. It's starting to pop up around the country and around the world. This type of laser tag, uh, but with no experience, I, I clearly have cut out this very odd niche of of
0: how we do our uh, our events. How well? Uh, how how is people. your your laser tag different? Then, can you explain that?
1: yeah so if you ever if you say laser tag everybody always thinks uh big vest phaser lights off dark lights smoke fog and everything and uh, that's what laser tag was uh, and still is there is still a market for that uh we give them a realistic weapon one little headband everything is wireless our lights stay on rock music and then <laughs> what you play in video games these days we translate into real life so we play the same games we track the same stats they get their own gamer tag that they keep online forever. So you wow. can check our leaderboard for the last day, month, week, or forever, and check out your stats across about a million players worldwide uh, in the system that we tap into.
0: Wow. Uh, okay. So it's, okay. it's, so it's also yeah. part of a bigger network in that system then? Yeah. So I
1: own Bullseye Laser Tag. That's my company. And then I license iCombat. So I purchased their equipment and their American company based out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And we tap into their online ranking system. Okay. Uh, but everything I do in my store is mine and it's much different even than what I Combat Fields do. Uh, I'm kind of a, a loner
0: in that sense, but we like it that way. <laughs> hey, that's your special sauce that makes you guys unique. Yep. Um, so I, I want to backtrack though. Something that caught me off guard is that you just went all in to start a laser tag business but you have no previous business experience. What were you doing before laser tag? So from a young age, I always
1: hustled, you know, raking leaves, doing uh, snow out here in New Jersey, uh, always bought and sold stuff, found value. And uh, I had this idea, I don't know, maybe, maybe seven years ago to do laser tag. I found some stuff. Um, I was a dispatcher for a busy police department, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. My wife was a psych nurse. Um, I probably was going to become a police officer at some point. And, uh, there was an opportunity that my wife and I decided in five years, someone has going to have done this and we're going to sit back and go, it should have been us. Yeah. Um, and we just took the plunge. We, we got a, 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 a very bad lease, uh, equipment lease, but you know, you live and learn <laughs> and we just went for it and we started it. And from day one, the challenge has always been to get people on my field, right. just as marketing. But keeping them on has been the easiest part of this entire job. It's keeping them happy. There's a lot of work, but it is so natural to to get people to enjoy what we're doing. Um, I never am concerned about getting them back as a customer. It's just been that's been the best part about doing this. But yeah, no no business experience, no marketing, no design, no tax, no nothing. I've learned everything from the get-go, uh, and I always lead with the customer in mind. Uh, all the business stuff, for better or worse, has always come at the end, mm-hmm. um, but we're getting much better with that.
0: Okay, okay, now that's good. I mean, how hard of a learning curve was it for you? When you started doing this, did it feel natural? Did you feel like it was over your head a little bit, but you could climb up there to grab it? I mean, what was that feeling like? So the laser tag part, yeah, natural. Yeah.
1: I could have a thousand people in line going and we could do it all day and I'm fine. The where to spend money on marketing, right. where to spend money on website design. What, there's been so much waste in money and time and effort on doing the right things. Um, when I find a, the right partner, I just grab onto them because okay. I know how difficult it's been to find that person or that design guy or that sound guy. Uh-huh. Um, so it's mostly been a waste of energy and money trying to figure out Facebook events and figure out digital marketing right. and s- terrible websites that I've paid to be on, which have produced nothing. You uh-huh. know, those, those are all learning experiences. And I'm a much smarter businessman right now. Uh, still not great.
0: It's like the cliche goes, you know, trial and error. As long as you learn from the mistakes, then, you know, yeah, it may have cost you a couple bucks, but it's bringing you a lot more value going forward because now you know. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So with your industry, I mean, it it is very tough. We're in a global pandemic right now that doesn't seem to want to go away. What kind of additional struggles has that brought a business like yours?
1: So, if I had put all of my money into a what I would call a normal business model, you know, set up a lease for three to five years in a building, do a full build out, things like that, I'd be in a different position. Uh, being a one-man show with no investors, I kind of bootstrapped everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lease I have it was an awesome lease in the building I'm in. Um, if I was set up normally, it would have been much harder. Now I had my outdoor field that I started on that we could still utilize. Mm-hmm. I had purchased equipment for mobile stuff so I can bring stuff to people's house. And the indoor shutdown for four months absolutely closed the doors was over. Um, but we were able to at least get some money back, get some of my employees to work on these outdoor events, uh-huh. on these at-home events. Um, but we pivoted the second we realized it. I got all that stuff in place. I knew what we were going to have to do outdoor again. We were going to have to reopen the outdoor field. We were going to have to go to people's houses. I immediately put stuff on the website. I immediately hit the social media saying, this is terrible, but we can still have fun at your house you know, right. safely and um, and with all the same stuff that we've been doing just at your house.
0: How, how much added stress has that been for you just with trying to Figure out, I mean, if you're going to people's houses or if you're doing things in your outside field, I mean, as far, I'm sure you've got to wipe down all the devices and stuff like that. I mean, so not been hard.
1: Yeah, actually it's harder to clean all our indoor events um, because people touch everything. When I bring it to you, I know that everything I take back, we just got to clean and wipe down. Uh, The hardest part has been managing the little bit of money that we've had. I can't just send four employees off to do something like Mm -hmm. I was When we were inside and booming uh i'm off payroll but i work more hours than i did before and then when we book these parties i end up working physically a lot more because we can't afford the hours that would normally go for it because any money we're making has got to go right back to you know trying our hardest to break even
0: right 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 because you're working at a limited occupancy right now i assume right with your business
1: yeah, in New Jersey, yeah, in New Jersey, it's twenty five percent of the normal business.
0: So, how long do you think that you are going to be able to continue working at twenty five percent occupancy and stay afloat? I mean that that's got to be tough.
1: So, luckily, twenty five percent occupancy for me is is actually I could I, I could really make money on that if everything was normal. Right. The issue now is we've got to build in time for cleaning between groups. Right. Um, And quite frankly, the size of the groups is less than half of what it used to be. And I can't fault anyone for that. I don't go out in groups anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, say our parties averaged 15 people before. uh, We're lucky if we get six or eight kids for a party because they just can't get the people to come in for the party. Right.
0: So Um, besides the the regulations themselves of saying that, hey, you can only have 25 percent occupancy, you're also I, I guess you could say fighting against uh just the perception of people because they're not going out because of the pandemic as much right
1: yeah it's it, and it's the reality of it i i don't have a lack of people who want to come and play i have their their ability to get their friends to come and play is not happening right now
0: yeah you know i can tell you um, i'm a little bit more lax with everything than my wife is but because of my wife we have not done nearly anything if I would mention like hey let's do laser tag you know we're right here in Philly we're not too far from you guys and I will go out there and visit one day and we'll get it all over Facebook but <laughs> oh, uh, awesome. if I told her hey let's go there and do this this weekend nope shut down uh, won't do that and I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there that, that feel the same way At there is yeah yeah and it's just
1: and, and you and you can't even you can't even fault them like it, it is just a bad situation um, and that's where I but think, uh, if uh,
0: sorry, I, that's where I think as a business that's the reality. That's the facts of the situation. You're not able to change that and you kind of have to just accept it and figure out okay, this is how things are. I can't dwell on it. How can I make things work going forward in these parameters? Is that kind of what you did? It sounds like it. Yes and
1: It's even easier for me to handle that because I started a company that emphasized realistic guns in a very non-gun state. I grew up here in New Jersey, but I lived in Arizona for 10 years, fell in love with gun culture. And uh, I knew coming back, you knew that would be an issue. And I can tell you without a doubt, it's always been, if you are uncomfortable with guns, I'm not for you. I'm not gonna convince you otherwise. If you are uncomfortable with COVID and you're uncomfortable with being out, mm-hmm. no matter what we do, what procedures we take, and we have a lot, I was a paramedic, my wife is a nurse, we take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm still not gonna convince you. And if we just have to move on and go forward and try and get as many people that wanna come out and try and, and, uh, and
0: play. With how, I mean, I don't wanna get into the politics of this stuff at all, but I think yes. this is a valid question with, how tough regulations are for the gun industry and stuff like that in a state like New Jersey. Did you have any issues with making the laser tags look like guns, or is that something that's just a non-issue at all?
1: Uh, so being a dispatcher for a police department, I understand public perception, their reaction to things. I mean, I've had uh, working a 911 board on weekends, You know, mm-hmm. you, you hear just about oh, everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I immediately go to the police departments that we work in, even if I'm visiting a town, just let them know, hey, this is going on. It has, I mean, I probably have a handful of emails saying, how dare you teach kids to play with guns? But w- when you come into our store, it's not gun, gun, gun. It's it's video game, mm-hmm. we're video game. This is your video game in real life. And um, people really relate to that, but there's definitely people who shown up and we're like, ooh, yeah, we're not we're not doing this. And I'm like, okay, I understand if you ever wanna look at it, here it is, you know. It's happened a handful, but not nearly as much of an issue as I thought it would be when we started. That's
0: uh, really kind of cool, your perception with that though. I mean, that's something I, I really like to where, I mean, like we were just talking about with the occupancy rates, like, hey, this is the fact, you know, you just accept it. And it's like, you have that with your potential customers as well. You accept that, hey, a certain percent of people, this isn't gonna be for them. And you're just learning how to deal with that. That's Pretty cool. So let's take a little pivot and talk. You've mentioned earlier about like the marketing and websites and, you know, the different listings and stuff like that that you've done. What pivots have you done specifically during this pandemic? Like how have you revamped things? Oh, uh, So I
1: can tell you for before shutdown, we ended up we were busier than we'd ever been selling out Friday, Saturday nights, booking parties back to back, to back, to back, to back all day. And being on a heart. So our limit was, you could have a private party. It won't cost you extra, but you need 16 players to make it private. Right now. Pivoting. It's been, well, we only, you only need eight. Well, I only have six. Okay. Well, if you can come in this time, I can see you and it'll be private because people do want to experience it, but they want to do it with just a couple of their friends. Right. And, the thought is if I can if I can get them in now, in six, eight months, when everything's better, they're bringing all their friends because they, we service them better than anybody else can. We, we've had more fun with them. Um, the other part too, in order to operate my building safely and with fire code, I needed to put in special push bars on the front door. So now I'll lock our front door during a private group. I don't need another employee at the front desk because we're locked. Mm-hmm. I'll go and work the party with my one other guy And instead of having four employees, I only have one and me. Wow.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you definitely have had to pick up (laughs) some of the slack. It sounds like you're working a lot more because (laughs) of, you know, the economic situation.
1: It it is. Yeah. And and if I I would assume if you're a business owner who's not like ready to do that, (laughs) then maybe there's a bigger problem. (laughs) I mean, I'll, I'll work unpaid for as long as I need to, because I know when it's better that. I can do other stuff and I can have employees running it when we're making enough money, but we're just not now.
0: Yeah, I think I think some people they just get after time. They're a little <laughs> bit complacent, you know what I mean? To where it's like, "Oh, I don't want to do For that." Sure. You know, I did that 10 years ago. I, I shouldn't be doing that now. And you bring up an excellent point. I mean, you've got to put that ego or I don't know, maybe it's arrogance, whatever it is in your head. That's pretty, you got to throw that out the window during these times because it's a tough period and it's make or break for many businesses out there.
1: Yeah, I've, I've got, uh, I'm not great at networking. Um, I have a very tight group of friends and family, but in business, I, I've made some pretty good friends who own and run businesses. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's make or break. If you're not literally pulling out every stop right now, uh, we don't have money to throw at stuff right now. There's just, mm-hmm. it's not enough coming back. So it's all about hustling. And I always tell my guys uh, when I explain something, if you are not working, I've worked for enough guys where if you're not willing to do what they're going to do, why are you working for this guy? Right. And, uh, my guys always see me out there. I'll, I'll throw on gloves and I'll start cleaning guns. If they're busy with customers, I'll start the game and, and get people signed in and do the, 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 the Facebook and the Instagram stuff with them. Um, But you got to get in and you get your hands dirty right now because we, in order to get through this, there's no other way. It's not, it's not just going to magically get better, uh, like it normally could have if things were going well. And
0: that's awesome. I mean, that, that shows true leadership. I mean, from you, especially because, you know, you don't have business experience as far as managing people, stuff like that. And what you're, you're doing, I mean, that, that's pretty, pretty awesome. I think how you're, you're handling that, you're getting your hands dirty. Um, you know, and, and it really shows, you know, that leadership of, from the top down. I mean, do you think because your employees, they know things are difficult right now. They know things are tough right now. You've had to reduce staff, like you said, but do you think them seeing you, uh, doing those types of things, it's a motivator reinforcer for them to keep going strong?
1: Yeah. And whereas before I would kind of do that, you know, uh, on the hush, like come in early and just get everything set and do everything. I'm almost kind of making it a point now, like it's hard, but I'm telling you, it's harder for me right now. Like I've been here since 10 AM mopping the entire building so that you can come in and just work, you know, just do the party. You don't have to clean the bathrooms or something uh-huh. just, you know, trying to just almost, yeah. Highlight that fact because I, and I may not have experience literally managing people, but I've been in enough jobs, you know, I'm, I'm 37, I've been in enough jobs. Where i've worked for disaster managers right and i know what that feels like as an employee and it's terrible and uh, i mean not for nothing my guys play laser tag you know for a living it's 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 meant to be a fun job uh, and i try and take keep it as fun it is right now because we don't have 30-hour paychecks you know right i'm I'm trying to but uh, they're not there right now
0: right 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 so what you know, you mentioned about like six to eight months from now when things get, uh, you know, normal. What do you think the new norm is actually going to be for your business? So, as
1: someone who uh, not necessarily, I mean, I always took cleaning seriously, mm-hmm. but this is now on everyone's mind. Right. You know, there's disinfectants that we're using that I would never use. You know, just throw some Lysol on there, we're fine, we're good. Um, it will change how we keep groups together Mm -hmm. uh how we acknowledge that someone has used something and now we must clean it it's not like i will get to it later or not even so much let's keep the equipment clean for the equipment's sake we need to keep it everything clean for the customer's sake and you think that's going Uh, to be permanent
0: going forward for you
1: i genuinely think so because at, at least i run the company i'm the owner I now see it differently and how I envision it is going to go from the top down. Mm -hmm. So there's gonna be things in place that maybe either weren't in place or weren't taken as seriously. Uh, Like we already going to lengthen our session. So we do a 60 minute session, but we back people up like five minutes, spray everything down, wipe it down, Mm -hmm. go, go, go. Um, Now we're punching up to 90 minutes. We add some game time in for value to the customer, but we're also now blocking an extra 15 to 20 minutes so all the equipment can clean it can dwell and then we can wipe it down um and that'll be permanent because it was like oh well we, we need to do this better right like not just for now but for the future it's got to be done better right um and then personally you know uh, again politics aside i think masks are going to be in play for a long long time right. i don't think this is going to get officially done i mean honestly like through 2021 um but as far right. as the business it we don't interact Customers, I always say, COVID's bad, but getting hit with a lead pipe is much worse. And our guns are six pound metal guns. Oh, wow. Um, and it gets a chuckle, but yeah. Yeah. So they're very realistic. Um, and it gets a chuckle, but it makes the seriousness of we're not really interacting face to face in, in this game that we're right. playing. Um, the before stuff and after stuff, people mingle. We try and keep them separate, but people naturally always want to like hang out, see their scores, all this other stuff. Um, that'll go back to normal. As soon as people wanted to go back to normal, um, okay. Even now, I even have to. I'm like, guys, let's all give each other some space when we have separate groups in. Yeah. Um, but private groups can do whatever they want. I don't. I don't know who they are or, or what they are. They they can hang out together. But if right. I have another group of four people that aren't part, we're gonna keep them separate.
0: Yeah. So I'm interested here, and again, I'm doing this, asking this because I have no clue. I don't run a business like yours that would have people coming in and stuff the cleaning, the regulations, the health stuff, how did you get direction on how you need to clean and when you need to clean? Did the state tell you or just?
1: No, no, no. So luckily my landlord, Simon Properties, one of the bigger mm-hmm. mall managers in the in the world, I think. Okay. Uh, they're awesome. So they gave us direction for the building itself, where it how to keep people separated, masks required, um, and that was that was pretty much it i i don't think necessarily having guidance is a good thing because people tend to narrow it down Mm -hmm. every single experience is going to be different i don't have chairs i don't have a lobby we took all our computers away basically if we can avoid customers touching stuff which they love to do counters (laughs) don't anything you give them they'll touch give them less things to touch. Even on our field, we've got a couple games where you grab something, we try to avoid it. Uh, When they come back in the game, instead of hitting a button, it now automatically brings them back. Okay. Um, But I got almost, I'd say almost no direction. Now, luckily my wife is a registered nurse. Yeah. Uh, I have some medical background. We understood what needed to get done. So I have very good, they have very good hand sanitizer, there's a dwell time, and then we wipe everything down. And if anyone touches it without a glove, It gets clean at some
0: point. Okay. Well, I mean, Um, how much added frustration or cost, or I mean, is that hurting your bottom line? You think it sounds like it has an impact. Slows things down minimally.
1: Not so much. It definitely slows. It. Well, that's it. It time. Yeah. Time is where we're going to get beaten up. So right now, until things are changed, we have a half hour between two sessions. Mm -hmm. We have enough time to get that entire group out of our building completely then we start the cleaning process, and then we start bringing in the next group. There's no real mingling between groups. Um, That half hour is brutal. I mean, think about, that's a half hour, just burn time. Um, Now, when we butt the groups up together, there'll be less time and more mingling, but there's still enough time to clean the equipment. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as frustration, there isn't so much frustration. It's almost like a a reality check, like, oh, this stuff really does need to be cleaned well. but the, the time and the non-mingling, the, the real separation is where we get beat up uh, in, in my specific business. Well,
0: do you think, like when we talk about the new norm, for example, six to eight months, I mean, obviously it sounds like you're going to be doing, uh, even when, let's just say this virus is gone, let's just say the end of the year and 2021 is good. Do you still think that you're going to be cleaning as frequent? Or are you going to keep on the same schedules? How do you view that?
1: Yeah, so I, I think from here on out, anyone who's using anyone who's letting customers touch stuff, I think we're gonna see a difference in how we we act. Um, I used a, a off the counter Lysol spray mm-hmm. and didn't wipe it down. Right, we just left it because it would go, it would evaporate. I think this has taught us a good lesson on not just COVID, just in general healthcare right. stuff. Right, if someone touches something, it should be cleaned. Um, now my customers are sweating and running. They got it up in their face. All these other things. And, um, we'll probably keep the same exact cleaning process, maybe not with as strong of a a solution. Right. Um, it does beat up the guns just a little. That's why we have, we have to wipe it down, but there will be very specific cleaning processes in two years, in five years, it it, it has to be better than it was. So it
0: is permanently changing how you operate your business, it sounds like, regardless of when this pandemic ends. And that's going to be one of the longer lasting impacts, it looks like.
1: Personally, yeah. So I mean, I I think of it like uh, we have a strict no running policy, right? Right. Six pound metal gun in your hand, you take a corner, someone's getting hurt. It's one of those things, my guys, all I care about is people having fun as long as they don't get hurt. Mm this because there's a responsibility as an owner I don't want anyone getting hurt uh, I want to have fun uh it now goes into the same sense of I don't want anyone to get sick ever right I just I, and even if I never knew it it's still out there if I'm leaving that up to chance they might they may not know they got sick at my place but they still did. And I don't want that in the world. Right. Um, Right. Well, I mean,
0: you sound sound extremely responsible carrying or getting your hands dirty. Um, you've made a lot of changes and I really find it pretty, pretty cool that you're taking this so seriously that it just opened your eyes up to where you're actually going to continue a lot of these same practices.
1: It's always a cross between, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, And and personally, too, with the business, like I want to make money and have fun and do this thing, but we also got to keep everyone safe. There's just you have you have to keep those things uh, in line.
0: Right, right, right. So we do got to start getting wrapped up. I guess we'll have uh, two last questions here for you. The first one is what a lot of people are struggling right now they're struggling uh with their businesses just as you are uh you have and they may not have found the answers yet what words of advice do you have to other fellow small biz owners
1: man it has been long nights of just thinking and researching about ways to add value without dumping piles of cash in um whether that's making friends with a, a a company or someone for for instance the pizza guy that I deal with I gave them all my tables so they could do outdoor seating um I didn't need him; he shouldn't spend a couple grand on picnic tables make wow. those friendships figure out what people want yeah I mean anything can happen but they're able to do that now because we have been friends since I opened because we have a good partnership mm-hmm. but any of your company I mean, everyone pivoted alcohol places now make hand sanitizer It's all about finding how to make some money, but people still want to go out and do stuff. They just need to do it safely.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's great advice. I think a lot of people kind of forget the value aspect of it. And in a time like now, I think value is probably one of the more important things to be able to show customers in order to earn more business. They're looking for that more than ever, especially because most of us have been hit hard financially in some way or another. So you had an excellent point there.
1: Yeah, value has always been, I mean, listen, I'm more expensive than most laser tag places, but you do not ever, I I never want someone to come out and go, wow, I paid that much for that. I always want to say, go, oh man, I can't can't believe I only paid that much for that. You know, they always want that feeling. uh, And yet even more so now, because we're all tight on money, we're all tight on time. The energy of going out and stuff you want it to be fun and exciting it's just yeah, what people
0: yeah. Want. you know it's it, that that's funny that you say that that's the one phrase i tell my wife because we're fruities we love to go out to eat especially when i was living out in la you know I, that's what i miss about la you throw a dart at a map within 20 minutes you can find food from that country where we were living out there it was it. amazing and i loved it i no. but what would dry some of the places you know they're expensive out there and when you get into a meal maybe it's 150 or 200 bucks for our family of five to eat it's kind of really expensive and there's been times where i left that and it was like oh my god we spent 150 on this like i feel like they robbed my money and then there's other times where we have the food and it's like wow we only paid 150 for this I mean, I think I, we're going back. Tomorrow. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and even, but even not even with the expensive restaurants, I get upset at the cheap ones. If I buy a burger a dollar burger for a burger cake and it gets messed up, I, I get upset at that too. <laughs> so <laughs> absolutely. It's,
1: it's perceived value. Right. That's what it, it's so important because it, it doesn't, it doesn't. It's an experience, you know. It's it's what what it was for what you paid, and it's uh, it's a funny thing because I remember some. I, I we're fruit we're foodie too, and we're also frugal. Yeah. And uh, we've been to a couple of meals where we're like, what if we're going back there? We're not going out to eat for the week, but we're going here because right. we need the money. But it's worth it. Right. You know?
0: Right. Same same there, and that's one thing that I love about the uh, living outside of Philly here is that it is a lot cheaper for food restaurants of high quality than it was out in LA. Oh. So that's been one, uh, oh, yeah. one benefit of moving out here. So I, I guess the last question I just want to ask you, I mean, do you have anything else that you wanted to mention, you wanted to talk about, uh, bring up uh, that you think is important for people to know about how you change your business?
1: No, I mean, it's just hustle.
0: <laughs> it's all I, since a kid. I've always hustled, and
1: now with this, it was it wasn't a question of how am I gonna do this. How I mean, it was let's do this now. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Don't if we it if we stopped and I waited to do the outdoor thing, I would have had a month of making zero dollars. But I actually had a month of of paying the loans that now were being called in after the shutdown. Right. Um, if if I didn't have if I had all five guys working. I'd have no money in the bank from wages. Right. Um it and just hustle. Yeah, it, yeah. It's no one's gonna do it for you. That's something else i found out. I don't nobody's gonna do it for if I don't do it, it's not getting done. Um end of story. Yeah, the, the business goes away. What, you know? One other
0: item I want to add I forgot to ask this earlier. Have you had to digitally transform your business at all as far as um, I mean, with what you're doing, it's a little bit tougher because it's not like you're you're you know in an office building. I mean, you run a laser tag business, but have you had to upgrade systems or change systems to make it easier during this time period?
1: Uh, no, actually, we lowered it. So we used to have a lobby full of computers yeah. that people would sign in, do all their stuff, and uh, again, we went with the no touching. You know, we don't unless right. the they have to touch. So all my computers are off the lobby. Um, and it just ends up being a little more work for us that's why that half hour is good and mm-hmm. bad it gives us more time to sign people into the account right. um but digitally it became even more uh more important for like my google stuff mm-hmm. uh the analytics right making sure i'm running clean ads we redid our touch or um, our buttons so it's a two click to go to reservation instead of like the story and the three click and this and that. It's it's click this. You're gonna reserve. You're gonna call. We're going to go. Yeah, and that's actually that's something we definitely changed.
0: That that's really important too. I mean, uh, I know you've seen a few episodes. I don't know how many episodes of the show you've watched, but that's something we've heard time and time again from a lot of experts to business owners that they use this past few months to kind of reevaluate how they do business, updated their marketing, their branding, their systems. They had to reevaluate and reinvent how they did things for for you know coronavirus going forward, and you definitely did that as well too. So, Vic, this has been an amazing discussion, very insightful. We got to talk about a, a large variety of topics. Thank you for letting us see inside your world. We were so glad to have you here, man. How can people reach out to you?
1: Thank you very much for having me as well. It's uh, it's easy. It's bullseye laser tag everywhere dot com on instagram on facebook uh google we've got uh another crazy thing going on save the world laser tag.com uh there's all sorts of wild <laughs> save stuff. the world laser tag most people are worried What most people are worried about it. I, I somehow have started two other major things so
0: <laughs> That's awesome. We will definitely have the link in the description awesome. on the YouTube video, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere our views are listening. You'll be able to see that link there. Make sure you reach out to him. Great person, great businessman. And uh, thank you again for your time, Vic. Thank you very much, Dave. Have a good day. Yep, Cheers. Great interview with Vic. I really love how business owners like him just take a step back. Okay, they remove the knee jerk emotional reaction like, oh, my God, the world is ending. No, people like him, what do they do? They just roll up the sleeves and say, "Okay, what do I have to do to survive? Vic is an owner that I would love to work with. They're the type of people that inspire me. They're the type of people that motivate me running. At a quarter of his occupancy, he was still able to find a way to remain profitable and even expanded his business to some new things like the mobile parties. It's also pretty cool how he thinks that COVID actually helped him in some ways. I mean, it helped him try to innovate his business further by offering some new options, but it also gave him some good best practices like wiping stuff down, and like he said, that will continue to happen even post-COVID. One other thing, and this goes into the episode that came up just this past Monday, is the value add you can give your customers. He wants customers to have that feeling, to feel like, wow, I can't believe we just paid only that much for this experience. And this goes back to Ed Howie's episode that we just had, episode 31 this past Monday, where we talked about the joy deficit. If you think about how to give more value to your customers, even if you're a commodity, I mean, you can find ways to give them more value, to give that value add, and basically just give them the feeling that they won. You are going to win their business, win them over, and it will grow your business. So this was a really fun video with some great conversation. Me personally, I love laser tag. His business, not too far from me. We will be out there soon. We'll definitely post some pictures out there on social media so you all can see. What did you think out of everything that you heard? How else can Vic grow his bullseye laser tag business? What other ideas do you have? Discuss in the comment section down below. Do you want to be a guest on the show? Are you a subject matter expert? Are you a small business owner like Vic? Do you have a good business story you want to tell others? Do you want to share how you've pivoted, how you've grown, how you've evolved during this pandemic world that we live in? Shoot me an email. David at sharkbitebiz.com. Make sure, as always, smash that subscribe button, share this video, help get the word out to every single business owner you can. And remember, check out the amazing Teespring store. It'll be in the pinned comment below and the description, no matter where you're watching or listening from. As always, I'm David Strausser. This is Shark biz and we'll see you again next episode. Cheers.